Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. We're glad you're here. Let's get on our feet as we start off celebrating together today. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could care? take a seat. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors. Really glad you're here today. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being with us. We're glad that you made the effort to come and worship with us on Easter. We'd love to have a record of you being here. You can scan this giant QR code. You can take your program and fill it out on there, or you can, uh, there's something on the clipboards too. There's like a QR code and other stuff you could fill out. There's all kinds of ways you can do it. We'd love to meet you over at the guest table. We've got a welcome bag for you. And there's a little gift inside that's just our way of saying thank you for being here and worshiping with us today. So we're so glad you're here. A couple of announcements really quick. 
We've got Discovery that starts next week. That's a three-week journey where together we kind of figure out if uh, Common Ground is a place for you to plant your life and to be part of the, uh, the community and the vision that we have here. So we'd love for anyone that hasn't gone through Discovery yet, whether you're brand new or you've been here a while, uh, it'd be a great thing for you to do with us over the next three weeks. Starting next week, we'd love to have the knowledge that you're coming so that we can have food and child care and all that stuff. So uh, let us know on the program or, or out there at the info table. Also, on the 22nd, we're doing our next uh, improvement district cleanup. So if you've done that before, you're all good. You've got your permission slip and you know everything. If you have not done that before, it's a great way for us to serve and partner with the community of Indian Hills uh, where we help them unload the trash. This might be a bigger one than usual because of all the spring cleaning and all the limbs and things that broke with all the snow. So we'd love to have you be part of that, but you have to fill out a permission slip if you just want to know more about it right out there at the info table. Uh, let's serve our community on the 22nd together. There's also roles for you to do hospitality like donuts and coffee. So if throwing trash into the bins doesn't sound like your cup of tea, maybe make giving the coffee out and doing the donuts would be your thing. So let us know and uh, we'll, we'll figure that out and serve together in that way. All right. We've also got a pretty exciting thing coming up in the next couple of weeks, and that is several people going to Thailand on mission trip. And so Ben's going to come and tell us about that. first service. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You guys are starting <laughs> off good. Awesome. Uh, I'm missing a few people. Where did Kim go? Kim, there you are. You know how to come up here when I come up here. What are you waiting for? <laughs> and Miss Bland, also just waiting at the last moment. <laughs> hey, we're super excited to uh, be heading to Thailand next Saturday. Uh, if you could do me a favor and pull out your bulletins, there's a typo on the date. If you could grab a pen in the bulletin, it's actually April 15th, this coming Saturday. We are inviting our church community to be a part of sending us. This has been our message the whole time. This is not just this team of five people. This is our church that is going to Thailand. So if, if you would have some free time that day, please come join us at around 1230 to send us in prayer. We're heading to the airport right around one o'clock sharp. So please come and join us and be a part of what God is doing uh, in, in other parts of the world. We're super excited to be partnering with a, a local ministry there in Thailand. We're going to be targeting villages with zero gospel presence. Let that sink in for just one second. Villages that have never heard the name of Jesus before. So we're going to be doing prayer walking. We're going to be handing out tracts. And we are, are doing the, the tilling of the soil the very initial preparations for, for house churches. We're very excited to be going, and this is our team. They're pretty awesome, too. <laughs> Got the cheering section in the back here. Uh, the one missing is, uh, is Adam. Adam's at work right now. But um, anyway, we're super excited. And uh, let's, let's go ahead and pray real quick uh, that God would be blessed uh, by our efforts. Lord, what an awesome day. What an awesome day to celebrate your greatness, your plan, your wisdom, and our salvation, only made possible because of what Jesus did for us. Lord, it's that good news that we are taking to the ends of the earth. And Father, we, we need your presence to be with us, your spirit to guide us, to empower us, your spirit to be actively engaged in the people that we will encounter over there. Lord, I pray that the work that we do would be glorifying to you, and it would see your, exp your kingdom expand. Father, I pray that this church would be praying for us as well every step of the way, and that we could return and, and give you all the glory for the things that you have done. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, 
they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out, and they fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. But that's not where the story begins. Lord Jesus, thank you for this resurrection day where we celebrate you rising from the dead, victorious over sin and death, so that we could have life in you. We could have a renewed relationship with you. We thank you. We ask that you would be here present among us. You would be glorified in our worship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So there is a, a new phenomenon uh, in the last uh, 15 years, I, I would say, that streaming services have provided, binge-watching, right? You can now binge-watch a show. When I was growing up, if you wanted to binge-watch a show, you had to buy the DVDs, right? You could have, like, all the Friends DVDs or whatever. But if you were watching a normal show, you had to wait till the next week to see the next episode, right? I, I, most of the, the shows I watched would complete, you know, Knight Rider, all done in, in one day. But sometimes they would do it to be continued. And I'd be watching, I think Knight Rider was Monday nights, and so I would watch it. I'd be like, to be, I gotta wait a whole week? And all week, I'm like, I can't wait till Monday. Right now, we don't have that problem anymore because we can just binge watch whatever we want. So, so quick quiz, who here has ever binge watched a show? Raise your hand, show your hand. Man, who here has binge watched the same show twice? The same show three times. The same show four times. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to ask you what show it is. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. When you binge watch a show for the second, third, eighth time, you know some things you didn't know before, right? Uh, Elise, our, our youngest daughter, has been watching a show again. And it's one that I had seen. And I, I've watched some of the shows. And I'm like, ooh. I thought, first time I watched, I thought he was a good guy. We learned later he's a bad guy, and now I can see how he's behaving right now, knowing he's a bad guy, right? So you have some insight into what's happening in the show. Who is it that doesn't have to binge watch or rewatch to know all the ins and outs of the story? The writer, right? The, the author, whoever wrote it and put it together, they know all the little pieces and nuances that they put in there. Well, today, we are going to binge watch God's story, from God's perspective. And now we're going to do episodes. Again, we can't do all the episodes, but we're going to do four episodes. And we already began kind of with the, you know how sometimes you watch a show and it's like previously on, well, previously on the Bible. And so we just read, you know, the beginning, right, of Jesus's resurrection, but that's not where the story begins. We're going to go back and begin in episode one, which I'll bet you can figure it out. It's on page one of your Bible. So episode one. Now, as we look at these episodes, we're going to see, really, it, it's going to be an answer to all of humanity's greatest questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? What's the purpose? Where are we going, right? And, and what do we have to do about it? And so we're going to start in Genesis chapter one, and this would be episode one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Episode one, in the beginning, you. No, episode one, in the beginning, God. Do you realize that we are not the center of the universe? God is the center of the universe, but we are the pinnacle of creation. He created everything good, but then he created us in his image. So we are not just good. We are made in God's image. That doesn't mean ears, nose, fingers, toes, right? That means spirit, the ability to be creative, and more than that, the ability to relate. God created us to be in relationship with him. He is God, and we are not. As you read through some of these other episodes in the Old Testament, you'll see God created us for relationship with him, not because he needed anything, right? Almost every religion out there says, if there's a God, here's what he needs from you. True biblical faith says God needs nothing from us. He created us to share himself with us, my goodness. Mankind was created to know and glorify God in perfect fellowship and holy purpose. That's episode one. Psalm 33 says it this way. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy for the word of the Lord holds true. And we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken.
our sin. Nobody but Jesus who pulled me out of that pit. He did, he did, who paid for all of our sin. Nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave. Episode two, what's the problem? Right? Episode one, God created. He created it good. He created man and woman in his image. So what's the issue? Right? Every belief system, whether it's religious or claims to be non-religious, tries to answer the question, what's wrong with humanity, and provide a solution. Well, here's what scripture tells us in Genesis 3. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loincloths. Sin entered the world, and everything was broken. Men and women were broken in sin. Sin, every child born after that would be born in sin. Sin impacted the world, right? All of creation, there were no hurricanes and volcanoes, and those things came after sin. And so there's the issue, right? Uh, our world today tries to tell us that the problems are outside of you, but you can find the solutions and answers inside of you. The truth is the problem is inside of you. Now, the question, though, is what does God think about sin? What is his stance? We like to think of God as loving and, and sweet, and he is, but God is also just and perfectly holy and righteous. So our next episode goes to Genesis 6, because time went on. Adam and Eve had kids, they had kids, and the sin grew generation to generation. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. In episode two, we see God as judge and savior. We see that sin is a big deal. We don't like that in our culture today, right? Do what you want. We're free. Relativism. No, sin's a big deal to God. And by the way, sin has not changed since the beginning of time, at least God's definition of sin. But God's plan is perfectly holy and righteous. From the beginning, he knew. That's why we watched these episodes. We started at the end. He knew we were going to sin, and he knew what he was going to do about it. This episode here shows all of creation since then and before, God cares about sin, and God is a perfect judge. Genesis 7. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family. For among all the peoples of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice. And take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird, 
there must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth, and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. And when God's judgment and salvation at the same time were complete, he renewed his instructions to mankind in Genesis 9. He says to Noah and his family after they came out of the, the ark, says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds and the livestock and every beast of the earth that is with you, as many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. What do we see in, in uh, episode two? Sin's a big deal. And God judges sin. Also, God is the method of salvation from the judgment of sin. For Noah, it was the ark. Again, the problem is sin with us. Jesus came, died on the cross, a perfect sacrifice, that's what we celebrate today, rose from the dead three days later. His payment was for our sin. Father said, accepted when he rose from the dead. Jesus is our ark. God made a promise. He said, I'm not going to flood the earth again. He is going to judge again all earth and all sin. Next time it's going to be by fire. So he's going to fulfill his covenant. He's not going to do it by flood. He is going to do it through fire. But those who hold on to Jesus and believe in his death and resurrection and confess him as Lord will go through that, right, just as Noah floated across in, on the ark. We will avoid that judgment, and we will receive the benefit. But again, it is only through Jesus. forgiveness flowing down from where the Savior died. The Son of Man upon the tree, exchanging life for life. See him there in innocence, the body and the blood. Behold the King crucified spotless lamb of god oh the precious love of jesus oh the fount of grace divine flowing as a mighty river washing sinners in its time sing that together.
All right, as we start watching episode three, this is the first time we can really start to put a pin on the calendar of when this happened. Roughly 4,000 years ago, God called a man named Abraham. And here we see in this episode God's method, his mode of redemption and atonement, right? He saved Noah with the ark, but sin is the ultimate issue. And so what's God going to do about the sin issue? Here in this episode, we get two pictures. One, the centrality of faith. And two, again, God's method or mode of atonement. Now, this is another one of those episodes where there's at the beginning, like previously on the Bible, you need that. Because you need to know before we read this episode, Abraham was called by God, told he was going to be a great nation. He was given these covenant promises. And here's the big one. He said, through your son Isaac, born to your wife Sarah, who was too old to have kids, that's where this great nation will, will come. And we know from later that this is the Israelite people. These are the Jewish people from whom would come our Messiah, Jesus Christ. But the promise was made specifically to Abraham. Through your son Isaac, I will make a great nation. So have that in mind as we read episode 3. Wrong page. <laughs> After these things, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose, and he went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar. And there he laid the wood in order, in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns, by its horns. And Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day. On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So here Abraham has a promise. Isaac will become, Isaac will become a great nation. But here he is told to sacrifice his son. That sounds dark. right? How many of us, if we're given that kind of command, would be like, yeah, that's a little too far. right? But Abraham, in his faith thought something. He had already received a promise. His faith was so strong that we see actually in a later episode some clarity on this one. Hebrews 11, 9, referring to this, says he, Abraham, considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Abraham believed in God so strongly, he was going to do what he said, believing God would raise Isaac from the dead. And it says, figuratively, he did. Right? Abraham was, was ready, but he didn't kill him, so he, he received him back. This is a picture, uh, very clearly, of what God would do. God sent his son, but he didn't withhold that knife. God allowed his son to go through the sacrifice, and he was raised from the dead. Not figuratively, physically, literally. This system of atonement became the system of sacrifice for the Jewish people. Right? Year by year, they would come. They would bring a lamb to atone for their sin. They would sacrifice that lamb in their place. God began here this picture 
of atonement for sin, a lamb, something else to cover our sin. And that, that system was temporary. We see in uh, the Gospel of John, John the Baptist sees Jesus walking down the street, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These episodes shine clearly. When Jesus would come, he would be the perfect Lamb of God. He would be the perfect sacrifice. Again, Abraham received his son back. The father received his son back as well. Today we celebrate that resurrection, which earns for us atonement for sin. a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time and sin separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sight, so you made a way across the great divide. Left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owed. Broke my chains, freed my soul, for the first time I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life brought me from the darkness into glorious light. You took my place, laid aside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out. I 
God, we do want to say all glory, all honor, all praise to you and you alone. You alone are worthy. God, thank you for the thank you for the blood that cleanses us, that allows us to be forgiven, that can take away our sin that we can't do anything about. But God, you made a way through your son Jesus, through his sacrifice. And thank you that he did not remain dead, but he rose again so that we can have life everlasting, so that we could have life abundant here on earth, so that we could know you and make you known. God, what a privilege it is to celebrate that redemptive plan today and to walk in victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have one last episode to look at, but we have to remember that there's a lot of other episodes kind of in between. So it's kind of like, you know, how Star Wars, they came out with their episodes, and now they're putting out, like, in-between movies. Um, I don't, Rogue One, I think that's one of them. Like, oh, and this is what happened during this time period. Well, we're going to episode four, but there's a lot of other episodes that help shed light on what would happen. We see, right, the Israelites being brought out of Egypt. They were enslaved, and then the plagues come, and, and they... Uh, the last plague is the, the death of the firstborn of every Egyptian. So God gives them the Passover lamb where they would sacrifice a lamb, put its blood on their doorposts, and, and the, the angel would pass over that house. That's a great episode that sheds light on what Jesus would do. Again, the sacrificial system. David comes along, this great king, and God promises him, the Messiah, the king that would last forever will come from your line. So this king to come would be from the line of David and would restore the kingdom to all of its glory. Well, and that stuff is still to come. And so there's many that we're skipping over. But now we get to episode four. Now, one of my favorite shows growing up was MacGyver. Um, and I remember this episode where MacGyver, he was skiing for summer. I don't remember why, but an avalanche comes and buries him. I'm like, great, MacGyver's dead. This is the end, right? And then they did the, the, the thing to be continued. So all week, I'm like, what happened to MacGyver? And, and next week, right, I tune in, and there's MacGyver, like, buried, and he takes his ski pole, and he puts it together, and he pulls the end off, and he sticks it up through the snow, and he pulls a little parachute thing out and sticks it in and blows it, and a parachute falls down, and people are like, oh, there he is, right? It was super cool. Well, this last episode is the, the, the completion, the to, to be continued from what we saw Friday. Friday was Good Friday. Friday, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus died. The earth shook. The sky got dark. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. He breathed his last. He gave up his spirit. His disciples were scattered. They were shattered. A week before Palm Sunday, th they celebrated the king has come, and now the king is dead. And they said, what is happening? It, it, was, it was the worst to be continued ever. Right? Three days they waited until Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead victorious. That is this episode. And so we began with that scene. Now we understand it more and we read it again. Mark 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. 
And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and they fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Jesus rose from the dead. Victory. All these episodes leading up to this great one. Victory. We win. God sent his son. God in flesh to be the atonement for our sins. All, all these other episodes we saw, it, it had to be a perfect lamb. Well, the only perfect sacrifice can be God, but God can't die. So he had to become a man, so he is both perfect and able to die, and he did. Jesus died on that cross. And three days later, God said, payment accepted, rose him from the dead. As a sign to all of us that God said, good enough. His sacrifice was good enough for your sin and for mine. A sub Amen, that's right. A substitutionary atonement. All these other ones that came before shed light on what God planned from the beginning to do through Jesus for you and me because he loves us so much. We can be saved like Noah on the ark, like Cain, or not Cain, sorry, like Isaac with the ram provided for him. We can be saved, but it's through Jesus. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Victory. Now that victory has an already and not yet form to it. We are already saved permanently forever because of Jesus on the cross if we place our faith in him as Lord. But we're not yet done with these bodies, right? We still struggle with sin, right? You struggle with sin, welcome to the club. You struggle with doubt, welcome to the club. But someday, right, we look forward, someday he's coming back. And when Jesus comes back, he will renew, right? The first time he, he flooded the earth. The next time, he's going to do it with fire. He's going to cleanse. But those of us who place, place our faith in Jesus as Lord in this life will pass through that. We will, we will avoid that judgment. We will get new bodies on a new heaven and a new earth, a restored Eden. That, that's the to be continued. That, that is coming later, that episode. But we can experience that victory now, that hope in what is to come. Not about what we do, but about what Jesus has done. Now, I lied. One last episode. <laughs> episode four and a half, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. For 40 days, he walked around in his risen body, teaching his disciples about the kingdom. And then he ascended into heaven. Before he ascended, he said this. And when they came and saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This episode is now. This episode is your life and mine. These are the episodes that are being written right now. And what did Jesus say? All authority is his. So just as we read all these before, God is in complete control, Jesus has all authority now. It's not like he left and, and is done. He sent the Holy Spirit, so he's still in charge of writing the episodes now until the, he comes again. And I, I believe in our new heaven and new earth, we're going to have a lot more books, right, that we're going to get to read about what God did during this period. Your name might appear in there. I hope my name will, right, of what God did through us. But these are being written now, and we see here, again, Jesus has all authority, and he will be with us. And so we engage in his purpose now. He says, go make disciples. This is great news, salvation available in Jesus alone. Go tell everybody. And then teach them how to live this life now. Teach them how to observe all I have commanded. In his strength, following him, that is our life now. Jesus' resurrection is your road to victory. So as we finish with two more songs, thanking him for what he's done, I'm going to be in the back there. If you've heard this story, right, and you realize I have not confessed Jesus as my Lord, or this is the first time maybe I've really understood what salvation means, right, that not everybody is saved, only those who place their faith in Jesus, and I do believe. If that's you, come talk to me. Or if you're confused about it, hey, I, I want some more clarity. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to follow Jesus as Lord? Come talk to me. I'd love to talk with you, pray with you.
But for the rest of us, let, let's worship. Again, in thanksgiving, because the victory is won. Jesus, risen from the dead, means the victory is complete.
Easter, aren't you thankful for the cross and for our risen Savior this morning? And for the chance to celebrate that together, thank you for joining us. We hope you've had a good day. We hope you have a great rest of the day, good week. We'll see you next time. Next week we'll be back to our normal time at 10 o'clock, so come and join us. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.